Welcome to our special edition of our celibate vegan ace asexual show, which we don't have a name for yet, but we will soon. My name is Monique Lukens, along with my co-host Chandler Klebs. Hi. That's how you say your last name, right? Klebs? Or do you yeah. say Klebs? Okay, good. Yeah, Klebs. But and by the I was way. I was gonna say, oh, I hope he doesn't have a European pronunciation because then I've just messed it up. Okay, and good. By the way, my last name means clover in German. Klebs, clubs, clover, same thing. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that, and I took German for four years actually in high school. Yeah, actually, um, I was cast for a voiceover uh three years ago and now he's gonna be having me do it like now and i've lost the accent because i i had to play a, a german woman um in a show about marilyn monroe she had a uh, a coach that was german so i took a dialect not a, an accent uh class so that i could be on point because just because you can speak the language doesn't mean that you can actually have the whole accent flair but now it's like three years later and I have to um, I have to get it back. But I, I was in a free accent class the other day. And uh, I'll just tell you real quick. This is it's so interesting. You should probably do this, too. Um, there's accents around the world where people can like hear what you sound like. And it's I'll tell you about it later. But just so our audience knows, there's something where you can like hear where somebody's from like everywhere in the world and I think that's pretty neat uh, but anyway they're in the front of the, the Germans speak they speak they speak in the front in the front the I'm putting my my face placement is different right now because I'm speaking in the front and it's just like the base of what you what you put like an accent on and then you can do all the little frills bells and whistles on certain um, words and like vowel, vowel sounds, but it really is just stemming from like where you place your face. Okay, I know that had nothing to do with being a celibate, ace, asexual vegan, but hey, we're like intelligent, creative people a lot of times, so you got you got a little bit of a bonus. But what I want to talk to you about, Chandler, oh, I just realized the one of the characters on Friends is your name. Yeah, that's but right. The, ta seen, talking seen. about such a sexual show, like everybody loves Friends. And yes, there are some like funny episodes. I've seen a few of them. I happen to just be around when it's on, but I never watch them because they just seem to be all about jumping in and out of bed, right? Yeah, I know. I've I've seen a whole bunch of seasons of that show. I mean, it's funny, but you're right. There's just too much sex in it. And but you know what? Uh, my favorite characters uh, have got to be Phoebe and Joey just because they're so stupid. <laughs> it's, it's just they're so funny. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, speaking of, uh, no, I won't say that this is stupid, but it's, this, is, this is a very odd letter. Okay, so I found a letter folded up into eighths on a piece of lined paper in pencil on the street near my car door, like right under the driver's door. It was like just there. And I thought, oh, I must have like dropped something out of my car. So I pick it up and I see what it is. What did I drop? And I'm like, this isn't mine. I start reading it. Oh, okay. I'm going to like, 
I'm going to just be using like letters here because I'm not going to say the whole word. But this letter goes to show you the minds of some people, of some sexuals, probably. This looks, I believe that this person is in high school. I believe that from writing and the fact that it's in pencil on lined paper. And it's called Flash Lay Desires. Sinful the Minds. And it's called the F It List. Zero. First, I'd like to do the right thing and still be me. Number one, I would like to have sex with a star on a boat. Number two, I would love to have a chance encounter with a good-looking, fine, a beautiful woman out in nature. You know, just find her out there hiking and F her. Number three. I'd like to F a woman in, oh, an attractive woman out at a drive-in movie theater. Four. I'd like to go almost all the way with a fine woman in the back row of a walk-in movie theater. Five. I'd like to have as many wives as King Solomon, a harem like that with many beautiful womans in it, and can they not all argue? And many children be born to us, meaning me. Six. I'd like a woman to love me and stay with me always, or many women's be the same always with me. Damn, I'm the man to them. Seven. I'd love to have all those things people, rich people have, or by the everybody else covets or wishes they had, but I'd like to have it when I'm a young man. Eight. I'd like to be very brave and handsome and smart and strong and full of goodness and faith, also filled with love. Nine, I'd like to have rights, and I wish I had a memory and was dependable and reliable and forgiving and responsible. Ten, I hope to have children. Eleven, be somewhat popular for the right things and somewhat charismatic. 12. I'd like to not be slandered or called homeless or dirty or a pervert, you know, closest to what everyone else. Keep secret, hidden away. End of letter. Now, what I want to say to this is, when I first read this, I thought to myself, should I take this to the police because it has a lot of, like, I want to F this. And it's, like, it's really, like, upsetting. I guess I just have been through the 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 grinder, so to speak, with hearing the F words and stuff. And I'm looking at this from a logical standpoint. And I thought, I, you know what? A lot of police would just laugh at it and say, well, it's not, um, it's not, like, threatening anybody. <laughs> So, you know, they wouldn't do anything, I'm sure. And then I thought to myself, do I take this to a religious person? And then I thought to myself, well, it's 
kind of embarrassing to take it to a male religious figure, like being a female. And then if I give it to a female, like, I don't know what she's going to say. I like it might she uh, I just don't know. So I'm like, I don't I don't think I should do that either. But I did want to share it with like a few people. And um, and I I did one person grimaced. Another person who were named nameless without any code um, thought that this person sounded intelligent, but there was some misspellings. Um, what I wanted to say to you is if there wasn't some goodness in this, I seriously might have considered also going to the police, even though, again, they probably would just laugh because there's, like, no threats. But it softened it up because the letter said, you know, towards the end it, was, it wasn't about, you know, effing. It was more about being, like, I want to be smart and good and filled with love and forgiving and reliable and responsible. And so I wanted to bring this letter up because it was just so, like, it struck me. I hate the F word. I really do um, when it, when it's used in, the, in a sexual way because to me it's like one step below the rape word, you know. I want to F you. That just sounds so like, oh, like violent, you know. No love behind that, you know, the yeah. way that is put. And that's why I always get so upset. But I don't think a lot of people don't think of it that way in this day and age. They don't. And obviously this person didn't because if you really look at this letter, he's like, I would like to, I would love to, you know, I, I like, there's nothing that's saying, you know, I want to forcibly, you know, drug somebody and do this. I want to, you know, um, degrade her and then do that. You know, there's nothing like that except the F word makes it just so like darn upsetting and then again like i said it's getting nicer and nicer and he wants love and respect and forget forgiveness for goodness sake and um yeah this, this is like so i wanted to i wanted to talk about the human nature aspect of this and it probably it's from a high schooler i think so it, and, it, and what 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 do we say to a per? You know, what do we say? What's what does this not that this is everybody? But let's say that this letter denotes at least a hundred people. <laughs> if we were to do like some sort of a survey or something, what does it say? It says, "I want to be a good person, but I want to have sex, and I want to have it with a good-looking person." You know, and I want to get married and I want to have, well, he didn't say married. No, he did. He wants to have a few, he wants to have a few wives. Yeah, well, he wants, to, he wants to have as many, many wives as King Solomon, so. Yeah. And they don't, and, and he doesn't want them to argue. Hey, you know, I, <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't fault the person for that. I, I, I can't, I seriously can't. But what bothers me is the F thing. He wants to do that. Because that, again, you and me, the, with the celibacy thing. Yeah. And it's like, what, what, is, what is that carnal, carnal urge that you have 
that you must do this, and it's in your top like five. Yeah, it's it's strange because you're right. Like it's summed up in in basically, like I want to be want to be a a good good person, but I also want to fuck everything. Basically, that's what the letter was kind of saying, if to shorten it. That's right. And yeah, it, it is weird because yes, I agree. Like the F word, it is very violent, and it's it's pretty much the same as rape. Um, although it's hard to know whether that was the intention of whoever wrote this strange letter. Remind me again where you found this letter. It was on the street, um, and it was, like, right near my door. Like, not under the car, but, like, it's it's as if, like, you got out of the car and, like, you were sitting on a piece of paper and it just, like, flew out of the car. That's where it was placed, on the street. Wow. And the town is Sunland, so there's there's a lot of like kind of redneck kind of um, down to earth type people there. So uh, there's also um, there's also some immigrants. There's Asian. I don't know if it's Korea or China. There's some Armenian around. Um, there's a little bit of Mexican, but barely in my part. It's mostly Caucasian, kind of redneckish, kind of. Uh, some of the older people are ex-military, but some of I don't. Know, it's just. It's kind of like country-ish, actually. It's like one of those places in Los Angeles that doesn't seem like Los Angeles necessarily. It has like a home feel to it instead of citified. Huh. Yeah, well, yeah, it's very interesting because you don't know who wrote this letter, but it's clear that something was going on, like like they were just writing every thought that popped into their head or something. Yeah, and, oh, I thought it was Flash Lay Desires, but it's Flashy Desires. That's what it's called, this letter. Flashy Desires, Sinful the Minds. Sinful the Minds. And then it's called the Effort List, and there's 12 things on it. No, 13 things, but one of them is zero. He forgot to put something in, so he put zero above the one huh well yeah that's really interesting and it's like but we have to ask ourselves is this what is on the mind of let's say that it's even one percent of the population which is probably that's why i wanted to bring it up with you chandler this is what makes life very difficult as a celibate you know and uh, (laughs) because you have these this mind frame and hey, I mean, he might outgrow this, I hope. <laughs> or I don't know. I don't know. Well, not necessarily. I mean, but it's just, yeah. Like, I, I in my life have to combat this kind of, like, mind thinking behind, like, the brain, you know, of people. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really kind of a strange thing because 
on one hand, you try to understand it because it's so confusing. And on the other hand, it kind of makes you scared because to realize that there's people out there with the attitude that they want to F you. And it's more mm -hmm. scary for you being a woman because for some reason, uh, women, particularly if they're attractive, whatever that means, are, are somehow a target for this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Because he did say, um, I number three was, I'd like to F a woman, an attractive woman, out at a drive-in movie theater. I don't even know where there's a drive-in movie theater around. I'd, I'd actually need to... <laughs> I'm joking just to lighten up the situation. <laughs> I'd like to know where the drive-in movie theater is because I've never really been to one before. But I, I don't want to do go, that. I don't think you want to go there now, do you? Yeah. <laughs> not to the not to the one nearby no <laughs> uh, but no back in the back in the day they would um that would be like the thing to make out i know like back in the 50s they would all like be kissing and stuff and i'm sure some of them did it too but back in the 50s it wasn't so um so predominant as it is now there still was the chastity belt sort of situation Huh. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what to think, but that was a very interesting thing. I have to admit, I did crack up a little bit about the the King Solomon thing. I mean, <laughs> like about having as as many as many wives as King Solomon, but not having them all argue or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like, I guess, I guess in a perfect world, if, I, I don't know, it's, ah, I don't know, uh, this is, this is tough to get into the subject right now, because this is just our special edition, and we want to keep it short, well, and I yeah. just wanted to, I want, I really would like to focus on the, ba the baseness of the mind to have, you know, I want to F this, I want to F that. I really wanted to keep it at that, you know, talking it from a celibate vegan, I mean, celibate ace standpoint. But um, in this day and age, as I was saying in our last show, with like a 50, 60% divorce rate, it's almost like, and you saying like, you're taking a gamble. You're always taking a gamble. Like if that person leaves, then you're like, left you holding the bags it's happened to me plenty of times in you know relationships not marriage but um it's like i almost feel sometimes that it would be nice not that i'm going to but you know to have like the backup plan like a b and c because if a like bolts then you have b and c or if b like passes away that you know what i'm saying when you depend on one person and you really put all your love into them and then they leave, it's so devastating, not just to you like emotionally, but like it could be financially because you've, you know, you've accumulated things together. Um, there's just so much of a loss. That's why there's lawyers <laughs> in courts for this. And that's why like I, I jokingly laugh because sometimes I feel like, yeah, you're, 
you're kind of like lucky if you were if if that was ethical and that could like work because then you wouldn't have to always think like what if this doesn't work well then you have your backup just like a mutual fund you know you could have one stock or you could have a mutual fund you know what i'm saying yeah it's hard to know like see because like I tend to distance myself from people because I mean I'm aware that like I expect people to either turn against me or die or both you know, like and so I tend to not get close to people you know what I mean and so mm -hmm. that's that's why the idea of relationships um, it gets it, it seems insane seems too risky It is risky. It is risky. It is. At the same time, well, like, mm, I wonder, it, it's, it's interesting because I was going to say, like, for, generally speaking, for a female, you know, it's nice if she could have, like, some sort of support and, like, more protection because a guy usually does give more protection. You know, you just said, like, women are targeted more. They are. Yeah. But at the same time, there's been studies that say that men in a happy marriage live, like, seven years longer than if they don't have that. So, <laughs> so there's, there's a little bit of risk there, too. I was going to say it's, it's kind of more risk for the woman, but it could be risk for the man. Oh. Yeah, well, and, you know, here's the deal. Like, you know, you mentioned, like, the idea of the happy married couple that's celebrating their 50th anniversary or, or whatever. And... And it's like, well, yeah, on one hand, that seems like it's kind of cool that they that they get along so well. On the other hand, part of me doesn't even believe that it's true. Like, like it, it, it's too good to be true. It must be fake. It must just all be an act to appear to people like they got together. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I mean, because you do see, like, occasionally, very, very rarely, like, an older couple, like, giggling to one another, you know? And I really do think that is a sign that they really, truly do love each other, dig each other, whatever you want to say. Um, uh... I did hear one couple that made it so long, like, I don't know, 50th anniversary or maybe even more. And one of them said, I think it was the female, the key was, like, just respecting one another. That's what kept them together. Respect. Hmm. So. Yeah. Well, anyway... Back to our letter. So this debase thing, um, yeah, like you know, it, the, the sex, having to be sexual, like having so many sexual people, 
and not believing in the celibacy or abstinence, you know, let's, let's see, let's, let's throw abstinence in there at least. Um, you know, we have to deal with that. But then when you have such like a strong opinion here, it's like, how would you be able to, um, persuade someone of this mind frame, the beauty, simplicity, moral, ethical, um, value of being celibate if you found this person if you knew this person and said hey I read your letter <laughs> yeah the letter the letter and again it says keep secret hidden away that person did not do a good job of that well yeah the first the first rule of keeping secrets is don't write on a piece of paper that's blowing in the wind around California <laughs> like seriously <laughs> Unless it's in like one of the wildfire um areas, then maybe you have a chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, that was a weird letter, but yeah, like what you're saying is if you encountered this person, how would you then communicate what we're about to someone like that? And I want to let you know, again, see, I I substitute teaching between um my artistic pursuits and if I saw this okay I would have to give this letter to administration um I as a teacher would not really be able to comment on this beyond saying um you know do you think it's right like think of the other person you know, I, I think that's all I could say, because if I start as a teacher getting into morals or ethics, you know, I could actually get in trouble. Huh. Because then we're like, you know, being political and putting my my thought patterns on a student. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would have to be very cautious on how I would deal with this. One time, I was teaching a whole summer school class for the whole term. And there was a girl in there, I'll never forget. She was, I guess, 16, 17 years old. And she said, if I got pregnant, I'd just suck that, suck that baby right out. Meaning that she would have an abortion. Uh-huh. And I remember like freezing for a moment after upon hearing that and saying something like, "Oh, you know, I I don't think that's, you know, that's so nice." I think I said something like that. I mean, Part of me was just, like, shocked. I didn't know what to say. And the other part of me was nervous because, again, if you put your belief on a student, on something, like, that's out there, you know, like, if pregnancy termination is legal, and maybe her mother had one, or maybe, you know, 
maybe she had one. Or maybe, you know, this is an option that, like, young women are being given. Like, I don't know what they're being taught. You, you know what I'm saying? And so if I go, like, saying, you know, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, I could get in trouble. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is I, I don't know how you can live under that kind of situation. I would love to be able to have an ethical values like private class where I would get paid for like teaching people <laughs> these values and having, you know, having them really hard consideration on it because yeah, like beyond the basics of do not kill, steal, rape, pillage, um, you, and be nice to others. Of course, you could always say that. Be nice. It's very difficult for a teacher to, um, instill, unless you're, like, in a religious school, then, well, then you're being told to what, you know, what to instill, obviously. Um, if you're in a public school, it's very, very difficult. To give your opinion. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that that's the thing is it's kind of like, well, you know, um, like, like, okay, now this isn't directly comparable, but, you know, when you work in a grocery store and your job is to sack the food and you hear customers talking to each other and to the cashiers about all kinds of things, stuff that you dare not say anything about because you want to keep your job, you know? Yeah. It's, but yeah, I guess what's happened is I've learned that I can't say anything that I really think in public, which is why I only do it on Skype in recordings of podcasts and stuff. <laughs> where everybody can hear it and we're giving our opinion. <laughs> yeah, I like and it I, that way. And I, I, I like this too. I, I mean, I feel that this is part of my mission to be talking about this because A, it's been so difficult for me. And B, I really want to, I really want people to see this, like that, that, that this is a good way. Because no one's really talking about it. Nobody's advocating celibacy for life. They're not. Yeah. I mean, you know, they might be advocating abstinence and then you have relations within marriage, but nobody ever talks about, but you can get pregnant in marriage. You can get, you can still get infections down there in marriage. You know, it's like there's a lot of, of, of course it's, it's less risky within a marriage, you know, um, especially if you want to have children or whatnot. But, you know, there's still, like, consequences out of that. And I, I think that there's something in the Bible called the rhythm method. I don't know. I don't know where it is, but an aunt had told me about it once. Well, that doesn't always work. It's something like you have to wait so many days um before your period or something something like that and you're not going to get pregnant the rhythm method that doesn't always work what if your cycle is different or something and i'm serious i think that this is in the bible um I'm i don't think it is okay yeah i mean I, I know a significant amount of the bible and of course protestants are actually a lot 
a lot more Bible driven than Catholics from what I've heard. Um, okay. But yeah, I'm, I, I know though that, um, that that's one of the things that some Catholics promote. They call it natural family, natural family planning or something, I think where they where they keep track of the woman's cycle and then they only have sex at times where the woman won't get pregnant at those times which of course still requires a certain degree of celibacy even to do that by avoiding having sex until certain times anyway mm -hmm. and, I, and it's sort of like well if you can even do that you might as well be celibate for life anyway <laughs> I completely agree um... Is there something in the Bible that pretty much states that you should only be having relations if you're planning to procreate? Because, see, it gets I, – I mean, I kind of think something in there is like that because then an aunt said, you're right, that is in the – I think she agreed with me once. But then there's – then it gets complicated because there's – you know, the the phrases like, you know, be submissive to your husband and, you know, well, what does that mean exactly? Like people take that in like in different contexts and whatnot. And so but yeah. is there something is there something? Well, yeah, um, I, I know there's stuff in there, something about the, a woman submitting to her husband somewhere in the New Testament. Um, I don't remember exactly where it is. My mom would, would know exactly, I'm sure. But, um, but yeah, there, there, there's a lot. You'll find, Monique, that there's a lot of te religious teaching on, on marriage and, and sex and all this stuff that actually has no basis in the Bible, isn't based on anything in the Bible, but it's just a weird tradition that somebody thought it would be a good idea, and then they told people it was in the Bible, and those people believed that it was in the Bible, spread the word to other people, and it's not in the Bible. You know, stuff, there's a lot of stuff like that happens. And, of course, you know, not to get too sidetracked, but even if it is in the Bible or not, how does that affect the ethics of it? Like how, how, you know, whether something is good or, or bad or healthy or unhealthy, whether it says anything in the Bible about it or not, doesn't make any difference to that, you know? Although, I mean, some, some would say, well, yes, it does because that's the word and that's the way it should be. Right, so that's the thing, though, is as soon as someone goes by that, then they have to stone the homosexuals because it commands it in Leviticus. You know, that's that's just one thing. I mean, and they have to offer animals as burnt sacrifices, you know. And <laughs> now, I had a friend tell me that um, do not lay with another man that or men can't lay with men like that could be taken out of context as well I mean it doesn't actually say like homosexual it, right it, yeah that because the word homosexual didn't actually wasn't actually invented back then so people have kind of just interpreted it that way you might say Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, it, it's really weird. And and okay, and this is another weird thing. And this is this is sort of on topic because, well, okay, so you I don't know if you heard about the Onan story, but no. um, I, I it was either it might have been in Genesis. Um, I think it was um, 
like, okay, so there was this guy, um, Onan, like, okay, this one guy, he died, and according to the law that they had back then, wherever they were, supposedly when someone dies, then his brother has to marry his widow. So, oh, yes. mm-hmm. something like that. And this guy did that, but he didn't want, he didn't want um, to have the woman conceive children, so supposedly he would have sex and then pull out before he shot out his sperm, basically. And mm-hmm. suppose, supposedly how the story goes is God struck him dead because of that. And it's like, so the message is that if you're, if you, if you don't want to get your, your dead brother's wife pregnant, then God will kill you. Like, what? I don't know. Like, and it, there's just, there's just weird stuff in there. <laughs> and, and well, but, but, but then again, doesn't it possibly mean to be celibate then? If you want to take it that way, but I'm not so sure if it means anything. It doesn't relate to me, obviously, but it's it's a weird thing because people, if they base if they base what they do on on certain off of any book, whatever it may be, whether it's the Bible or some other book, it may be the Quran if you're Muslim, then they're going to be trying to follow a set of rules where they're going to feel obligated to have sex or, or to not, but it's all a religious thing. Then it's all because some book said it, which they presume mm-hmm. to have authority or they presume that it's God's word. And then they're no longer thinking. They're, they're just doing what a book says or what somebody told them the book says. And then they're a completely brainless zombie that's just doing whatever they do. And they don't know why. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's we want people to move away from that kind of mindset, don't we? We want people to think about this logically. Yeah, I think people should think about it logically and ethically. I mean, and I think ethics go with logic. Yeah, it, it really should. I mean, it, it, yeah, like, for example... One of the problem I have is that people think of ethics or morals as like, oh, that's just an opinion, that's just a preference, it's just a choice or whatever. It's like, oh, well, what you think is right may be different what I think is right, and there's no right or wrong answer, which is weird because for me, I think, well, wait a minute. Two people could both be wrong, or one of them could be right and the other, other wrong, you know, whenever there's a difference. But the idea that there's no right or wrong, like I think there are moral truths just like there are truths about whether the world is round or flat, you know. You know, I just think there are certain things and I, 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 it, is, it is unfortunate that people disagree about matters of morality, which of course it's, it's expected. They're all taught different things, you know, and taught different bases upon which they do things. So, of course, they're not going to agree, and yet, for us to get along, it seems like we have to be agreeing on the same standard, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, someone that I've recently talked to said that religion separates people, but, well, he said it's like fear-based and whatnot. In some ways, that is true, 
But then in some ways, it brings people together because people are on the same page. And it goes back to what you said before uh, in the last show about you uh, saving the spider and gently placing him outside where it's possible that he can, like, eat all, like, this other, like, life. So he's, you know, you're putting a killer on the streets. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, again, it's like, it's something that is, like, the glue of society, and it also can really have um, harmful effects as well, especially if one is extreme, uh, because, you know, they're not, they don't feel that their religion is being given justice. And then they go and, of course, we're seeing this happen with ISIS. That's not what a religion is supposed to do, but <laughs> in that case, it's been warped. Yeah, well, it's kind of an interesting thing because even the, the statement about what a religion is supposed to do is like, well, what is a religion supposed to do? It's, you know, like, I mean, I, this is just my thought. I think, well, there's what certain religions do, the effects they have on our psychology and the way they make us behave. But it's, it's not sure whether there, what, what, if we can even know what, if any, intention there was behind a religion. And I guess it's also tricky to, it, it's, it's harmful, I guess, to lump all religions as being the same because... Clearly, they're not. I mean, Jainism sure stands out <laughs> from from among the rest of them. Going back to this letter, would you say that this person um, has some sort of religious influence in them? Well, I would say so, and the reason I would say that is because um, something was it the sinful minds or something? It said right. And then the King Solomon. Yeah. And then yeah. all of like, but, you know, after the first five, um, I want to F, 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 then it goes into being, I want to be good and have faith and be filled with love and be forgiving and responsible. Yeah. It, it, Reliable. Yeah. It does look like there's a strong influence from from the Bible and Christianity to some extent, mixed in with a bunch of wanting to F people. Mm -hmm. What a combination, huh? <laughs> yeah. But isn't that so true? Oh, by the way, Sunland has a lot of Pentecostal churches in it. Hmm. Sometimes I've noticed that people that are the strongest religious people, they've been the... Um, the kind of shadiest uh, people like <laughs> in the past, either like drugs or alcohol or lots of, you know, sexual partners or, you know, stealing and whatnot that probably goes along with drugs and alcohol. Um, I'm sure you've noticed that, too. Yeah, it, it's interesting. One thing I've noticed is that for a lot of people, um, religion becomes their new addiction. Mm, yes. Like, like here's what happens is people do things that they feel are wrong and they feel guilty about it. So then they turn to religions which 
offer them forgiveness, you know, God or Jesus or whatever will, will, you know, will forgive your sins or whatever. And they feel like they need to be forgiven, so then they get into the religion that way. But then they it then it seems to backfire because then it turns into a thing where they're trying to live by the rules of that religion and be and be a perfect person who who can live by all these set of rules and they depend on that and because they're depending on this religion to tell them what's right or wrong then there's a big chance that that religion can lead them to do all kinds of things, whether or not the person wants to do it, but just because that's what the religion expects of them, if that makes sense. Yes, and also people, some people feel that if you don't believe everything in the Bible, then you don't believe any of the Bible. I know you've probably heard of that. Yeah. And that's kind of like saying, uh, well, um... Somebody like told this like long story of something that happened and they may have like forgotten a part or mixed something up a little bit, you know, but every all the rest of the story was like fine, you know, except that one little part, you know, like they might have said, oh, it was like silver, but no, it was really like gray. <laughs> and it's like somebody saying, oh, well, that's that part's not true. So the the rest, you know, isn't true. See what I'm saying? Oh, no. Did I explain this right? Well, oh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Kind like, of. like it's kind of hard to know. Um, like, okay, here, here's a thought. Like, first of all, um, okay, now the way I grew up is that it was all from the Protestant thing. And for them, their 66 books of the Bible was all infallible. It was all true. Everything in that book literally happened. And for some reason, with a lot of them, it's only the King James Version for who knows what reason. Um, <laughs> but so for them, it's like all one big package. It's like you either accept it or you reject it. It's either or, like either all or nothing sort of a thing. Well, that's what I was trying to say. But my, my analogy, it got a little bit mixed up. So if you told me a story, but there was one fact that was incorrect, maybe you just made a misjudgment, you forgot. Yeah. And I point that out and I say, uh, no, um, you know, it, that, that, um, that part is like wrong and then you're going to accuse me, but, but, but everything's like true. Like you're oh, just this one little part is like wrong. And, and now you think my whole story, my, my whole story is wrong. That's what you're saying. No, I just made a little mistake. It, I, I still don't know if I'm doing this analogy correct, but... Yeah, I'm not exactly sure, but here here's one thing to remember, Monique, that I think is very important. Whenever we do talk about these ancient writings and stories, they're not even our stories. There's something that dead people that we don't know wrote. We don't... That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And even though it's being influenced by God, as they're said to have, how do we know, like, to the extent of how much someone was influenced by God and another maybe wasn't as influenced? Do you understand what? <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's it's kind of a tricky thing because you have to realize that, yeah, I mean, this gets complicated, but 
we like we have to consider and here's something I've thought about not every story that we tell nowadays in a, in a modern book or movie is meant to be true is not is meant to be true I mean like I hope that when somebody watches Disney's Frozen that they don't really think it happened they don't really think that there's a Queen Elsa who shoots ice out of her hands and, and makes living snowmen and weird stuff. It's, you know, it's a cartoon. But here's the deal. Let's let's suppose that somebody taught that, that to the children as well. This all really happened this way. And how do we know that it wasn't that these weren't like Aesop's fables or something meant to convey some message some 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 meaning but but it's may not be a story that is actually happened anyway and, and some people take that route like oh it's an allegory it has this meaning but it's not like a story that actually happened this way it's not like a historical document and in the end we don't know what the intentions were of the of of the authors of those those writings and when they wrote them, they certainly weren't included as part of a collection of books. So we're, we're dealing with, basically, we don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, agreed. And now I know what I wanted to say. I wanted to say, no, you're wrong. It was the color silver, not gray. But the rest of what your story was correct <laughs> but if 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 some if you if you put that in the bible if if i said no i don't believe like that little part there but the rest of it i do then that would be like wrong as trump says wrong <laughs> huge mistake it's all it's all right or it's not you know you don't you don't believe it well yeah um, and that's just it is that that was the way people react the people i've known react it's like you either believe the whole thing or you don't, yeah or you don't believe any of it it's like because the whole thing has to be infallible it's sort of like it's like a glass window if it cracks at one place the whole thing shatters in a matter of seconds it's like it it's it's that fragile the worldview is held together by the whole thing all being one package it's so, so it's sort of a weird thing how that is because I don't know, and that was certainly how I felt uh, I had to be because I left Christianity behind years ago. Um, it, it's sort of like you're either with with them or you're their worst enemy. It's like yeah. you have to. Oh yeah, I've 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 come across that. Yeah, and you know, Monique, it's, here's the deal: it's not just that you have to agree with the, their the whole way they think the Bible is. But you have to agree with their church and their denomination and yes. all the add-on rules that they made up. And, and it's like, well, if you can't agree with every little thing that they think, well, then you're, you're evil. You know, you're the enemy. You're one of those evil unbelievers. And it's like, I'm like, okay, fine. I'll be that guy. <laughs> I I personally don't like being thought of as that that bothers me because I feel I'm a good person and for somebody to like 
be thinking that or tell somebody that, like, that really bothers me. Well, so. you know, it's interesting, though, what you, what you say, Monique, is it's like, it's like someone can't be an unbeliever and a good person at the same time, though, which I think mm-hmm. is just, it's one of those misconceptions that they have. Mm-hmm. They they act like oh if you don't believe in God or you, you're not a Christian then you're some kind of evil um, evil rapist or something like like what? Like- and the thing is, I am a believer, but you know there's certain things like that I question as we've been discussing and whatnot, and so they still think you're like evil. Just as you're saying. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> for lack of a better I know word. What you mean, and and that's just it. Is people have been thinking that I'm evil for years, and they don't get it. Like hardly anyone gets it, except others who have been through the same experience. And it's you know what's funny about it, Monique. This is really interesting, but it's almost like for me. It's easy because I'm a less social person than most. It's like I conform to peer pressure a lot less than other people do. Mm. And whereas other people, I feel like they lie and say they agree just to fit in and get, to keep their friends in, who are part of that system because they, they can't stand the idea of going out alone. Yeah. And so I guess it, it, it depends to a certain level how attached you are to people, how attached you are to your religion and the people that are connected with it. Because it's like when you leave a, when you leave a religion or even if you leave behind the system of sexuality, it's a similar thing. Or if you go vegan, whenever there's any major life change where, you know, like, come on, we got to realize 99% of the world are like uh, well at least in america okay because i don't i haven't been everywhere but everyone i know is like some kind of sexual carnivorous christian seriously like that's my impression of people is that that Mm -hmm. that, that's the way almost all of them are they say they're a christian they want to f everybody and they and they eat meat and other animal products and that's considered the definition of what a good American is. And I'm not that, nor do I wish to be. <laughs> right. Right. No. Um, I, I have someone, again, no code name. I'll just say a friend who, um, who used to do vegan advocacy doesn't really do it now because actually a lot of vegans, um, they're quite sexual and <laughs> they're not celibate. You know, I, well, you knew that, yeah. but I mean, <laughs> um, and, uh, I said, why don't you outreach to the church, the veganism? Because like, that just makes sense. Like I really, you know, <laughs> God wants us to be kind <laughs> to animals and, oh, I don't want to do that yet. I don't want to do that. Like this was a year into him going into a, a, a certain church and he didn't want to do that because he felt it would alienate them and him. But yet 
I had met this person through like veganism and whatnot. And I just thought that that was so a shame that that person wouldn't want to, you know, try to move them in, um, like a positive direction. Yeah. But it's, I think it's just that peer pressure, just as you're saying. Yeah, they do feel a, a pressure to keep status quo and they don't want to be alienated like that, which is kind of a weird thing because it's or, it's one of those things where you you can't have both. You can't have a, a good reputation and have everyone just like you at the same time as standing for anything you believe in. I mean, so for example, you, Monique, if you just went along in your acting career, just doing whatever sexual weirdness that people wanted you to do in in roles, well, mm -hmm. you'd make a lot of money. You'd be a lot more popular for sure. But because... I, absolutely. Absolutely yeah. I would be. So it's about what's convenient versus what you know is right. Absolutely. It's and that's with a lot of jobs out there too. A lot of jobs. It's not just acting in sexual stuff or, you know, having to hear coworkers talk, whatever they're seeing, or, you know, sack up meat products. Like everyone, there, there's so many jobs that it goes like, it's not under your personal ethics, but you still go along with it. Yeah, it's sort of a weird thing because it, it's sad that it has to be that way. It's sad that in order to, yeah, and yeah, that you just, you can't have it all. It's like there's a sacrifice. It's like it's weird. It's like because on one hand, if you do what everyone wants you to do, you become successful and have a good reputation, but you're no longer you. And and if you're you, then no, then hardly anyone likes you except a few other honest people, but then you have a harder time surviving and it's just, it's, it's tough. Yeah. And on that note, I think we should close the show, but hopefully we can talk about, uh, the ethics of, um, being honest with yourself, doing that in your jobs, um, you're still there. Sorry. Yeah. I heard a little still, click. I'm still here. Um, and how that relates to being celibate and vegan. I, I'd like to talk about jobs more. We did in our first show a bit, but I'd like to get more into it. Yeah. Or we can talk about something else. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, Monique? I think we talked for an, another hour. It's crazy. We, we've had so much to talk about. You know yeah, I get maybe we'll yeah we can think of schedule like we could just publish with I could save these recordings get them ready and I could publish one at the beginning of each month. We could do that. Yeah. Or we could do a bonus, whichever you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll think about it. Yeah, it's kind it's kind of cool. Yeah, I I think yeah we yeah we could do that. Um, we. Yeah. 
Yeah, or yeah, I know. Hey, or maybe we could even have the first one we did tonight be episode two, uh, because our our first episode we already did before, um, and then this one we just did will be episode two and a half or something. <laughs> Okay, because if we put it out in like another month, then I won't be talking to you for the next two months for another show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and I ha- I have a lot more to say. That's just the thing. <laughs> yeah, you're enjoying it, aren't you, Monique? Yes, I am. I am. And I really would like the people out there to give their comments and any questions that we could possibly answer in in a different show segment because we really want to hear from you this is not a this is not just two people in fact if you would like to be a guest please get in touch with us um i hate saying that we're get in touch with us since we're celibate aces <laughs> yeah that just doesn't sound right does it yeah. It de- I guess it depends um, where you're touching, but you better behave no matter what you are. Yes. Um, no, <laughs> we, we would love to talk with uh, with you if you have questions about being an ace or if you're a non-ace and you have questions that we can address properly from from our standpoint because it's very important that we make a mark here that you know that we exist because everyone should have dignity and respect in this world. And it really is difficult being a celibate ace vegan because we're the minority of a minority of a minority. Maybe that's what we should call our show Chandler, the minority of a minority of a minority. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Th- think on the, on the name for a while. I'll be thinking too. Maybe we'll come up with a name. For for now, for now, I'll probably just like ti- title them like c- celibate vegans or something. But if we come up with another name later, that's better than. <laughs> okay, great, great, great. And and this show could definitely be for celibate sexual. Um, yeah, that's uh, true too. Vegans as well. For sure. Yeah. Although, you know, we have more experience with the ace um, version, but sure, you know, join in because you you feel the same way as us. Only you have more temptation. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's weird. But, yeah, we need to hear some different perspectives. So, yeah, it's really cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess we might as well end the recording now. We've said everything, haven't we, Monique? Well, we definitely haven't said everything, well, but we're going to well, yeah. we know that you guys have a life and you probably have to study, sleep, or <laughs> do something else. So uh, <laughs> we'll give you a break from our from our educational ranting, and we hope that you enjoyed this and learned a lot. My name is Monique Lukens, along with co-host Chander Klebs, which means clo- club, wait, Klebs, Me- <laughs> which means clover, in German. clovers in Deutsch, which is German. (laughs) Danke so much for listening. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.